catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Recorded live. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Gridiron Talk. I'm going to let you live from NGSC Sports. Check us out on our website at ngscsports.com, as well as our Facebook page and Twitter handle. I'll be your co-host, Simon. Got my co-host, CJ, on the line. Say hello. Good evening. Football is upon us. I don't know when you're... Did the Vikings? You guys reported uh, before all the other teams because of the Hall of Fame game, but the Bears reporting yep. today, and most of the NFL reporting today or tomorrow. So the 2015 NFL season is upon us. Yep, yep. We've already reported for a couple of days now, and uh, yeah. all the news are looking good. AP's looking good. I'm on TV. Yeah, I like the new interview. Did you see the interview with Marshall Falk? No, I didn't catch that. Oh, AP's gonna be running for he's gonna be rushing for twenty five hundred yards this year with this goal. That's what he's, hey, he's saying. Fresh. He's fresh. I mean those he missed almost the whole season and but I like the new ink AP has. Yeah. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I really do. That's pretty cool. Oh. Talking about ink, how about that bet you're about to lose about your Cubs and Pirates? I know because this <laughs> couldn't help me out the other day. <laughs> <laughs> they got rolled tw- two days in a row. I was hoping you guys would at least give me one game. Oh, man, that's going to be so bad if you have to do that. Uh, well, on the bright side is I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow. And it's not a Pirates tattoo. <laughs> uh, well, let's just get to the nitty-gritty of this week, man. I mean, big news came out from the NFL. Uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, it's up holding the whole four game suspension on Tom Brady. Um uh, what'd you think about this? I'm actually surprised. I really thought that Brady was gonna get that suspension reduced to maybe like two games or you know, 'cause even even Bell for Pittsburgh got his suspension reduced to two games and in the past we've seen Ray Rice, um Ben Roethlisberger got his suspension reduced. Look at even um Hardy for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, getting his suspension reduced, and Brady though they upheld it, and I'm surprised. I guess they went back to the whole cell phone, him with those himself, him breaking a cell phone or whatever. And that's what it was based around that he destroyed. Yeah, evidence. that's so weird. That's so I weird know. though, right? Like, yeah. like we knew. I mean, we knew he withheld his cell phone and and all that stuff, all the text messaging and everything like that. But then we we never actually heard about him breaking his phone, right? Just until you know, just until the news came out. I mean, I I, I figured we would have heard something about that or something would have leaked out. But I I don't understand it. I I don't know. To me, I I'm shocked that it got upheld, but I'm I'm happy that it did. Me right, too. You know, I'm tired of like, the 
I'm tired of I'm tired of Tom Brady. Honestly, I have all the respect for him as a player and what he's done for this league. I mean, no no question that he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, mean, I won't take that away from him. You know, I mean, as, as what he does, what he has done, it's it's amazing, and and I won't take anything away from him for that. But come on, it, it's it's done with. I mean, I think he should just fess up. Like, like he had to, he had to have a part of something to do with it, right? Oh, I mean, there's, of course. Yeah, there's this conceivable evidence. I mean, it's not completely there out in stone, but it's it's there. there there's some kind of partial circumstantial aspect that he has to he had a part in, and I think he should just fess up with it. I think if he would have just fessed up and just say, "Hey, yeah, I did it, made a mistake." Yes, give me a fine. Give me your two-game suspension. I think it would have been it would have been done with. You know, maybe you know. Obviously, fans are still going to look down at him, or his legacy would have been tarnished somewhat. Um, but I mean, this is just getting overboard. I mean, what's even mean after Patriots, what's that? What's it mean for the Patriots though? Now, I mean, he's going to be missing games against Pittsburgh. Buffalo, Jacksonville, well, and that's, Dallas. That's if well, he's going to he's going to federal court. Okay, so he's he's filing for an injunction, from what they say. That means it has to get through the federal court, uh, and then if they if it does get passed, that means that he can actually start week one of the season, uh, and then they'll let it play out through however long the whole legal process plays it out. I mean, you know, good. I mean, who knows how, what the time frame could be in terms of getting an actual verdict on that. But but then the downside is, from what I was hearing, is you could actually, he could get the four-game suspension or a two-game suspension, let's say, if they get reduced. I mean, he could he could possibly be serving that in, in January. Wow. You know, that's That's playoff time. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you do you really risk the four games that you know is gonna be clear cut the first four games or you wanna to try to fight it off and then maybe take the risk of getting a, a game a two game suspension or a game suspension or whatever it is. Let's say it's upheld even after federal court for four games. Then what? You have to miss the last let's say you have to miss the last four weeks of the season. Or partial playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean, I think Brady just—he's—he's he's so infuriated over this decision. I just think he's about to prove the commission everybody wrong at this point. You know, I think he's like, just about to prove that he just doesn't want his name tarnished. Yeah, and I don't I think, think that's how far him, he's willing to go. I don't think it's going to affect his legacy. I really don't. Um, you know, he's definitely first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's won what three Super Bowls. Four, right? Four, yep, four, yeah, four, actually, four Super Bowls. And been to six, so. Yeah, one, four, been to six. I mean, can't say much about his career and not being a Hall of Famer, but I think he should just, I think it should just be done with, you know. Well, what do you think about now in terms of 
of Robert Kraft and his decision to take the penalty. Right. He, you he know? really believed in the commissioner that the whole suspension was going to be reduced. And Kraft came out and said if he knew what was going to happen, he would have fought it. So that might have burned you, some bridges with him and the commissioner. I mean, you know, do you really think close. that Kraft took the penalty just because he was hoping Brady gets exonerated from his, his board game? I believe Kraft. I, I think so. I really do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get this underlying motive that he took the penalty because he felt like there was some guilt, that he didn't want to fight it any further. That's how I see it. You know what's funny know. about all this? Bill Belichick has nothing to do with this whole thing for once. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so the story says. I mean, will we know the real truth behind it? No, absolutely not. We'll never know the real truth behind it. I just can't see that happening. But but it is true. I mean, why, why would, you know, Bill Belichick would never... I can't see him altering anything in terms of football. I mean, I know I mean, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are like father and son in terms of football, right? So right. they pretty much know what each other's habits and, and all that is in terms of how he likes the football. I'm sure he knows exactly how how much pressure he wants in his football. But can't see him. I don't know. I don't know. Just a sneaky organization, isn't it? Sure, but I truly believe though the suspension. If if Brady doesn't win his appeal and he has to serve these four games, if they go two and two in those first first four games, I think they'll be fine. Because I feel they'll they'll beat Jacksonville regardless if they have. To I think they're going one and three. I don't see them beating Dallas on the road. No way. That's definitely a loss. At Buffalo is going to be tough because Rex Ryan is going to be out to <laughs> kill New England in that game without Brady. Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, I don't see I don't see them beating Pittsburgh either without Brady. Unless, unless they're fired up because they'll be given the championship reigns. It's the first game of the season, you know. But I don't know. Right, I one, can't see it. One and three could be tough, and they'll sleep on Jacksonville. You know, I mean, Blake Bortles is going to have second year under his belt. You know, they're not they're not becoming team. Gus Bradley changing that defense around. I mean, Jacksonville's not going to be a pushover game, and I mean, especially if they have Garoppolo as a quarterback. So, how, would you, how funny would it be if they went 0-4 in those games? Everybody would love it, huh? It would. I don't know. But everything, I mean, let's say they went 1-3. I mean, everyone is still saying that they're going to win that division regardless of what I don't know, they It's not that easy. That division's gotten that's, a lot better. That's what I'm thinking, too. That's what I'm I thinking, think, too. I can't see them I mean, it's a it'd be a tough uphill climb for them if they start one and three in that division. All that team, all the teams in the division are not pushovers this year. I mean, look at what the teams like Miami getting Sue, and then Buffalo getting Lashawn McCoy, and and Jets adding Brandon Marshall, and and Darrell Revis and Cromartie. Um, all those teams got better this off season. Yeah, and Patriots. I mean. They've owned the Jets. You know, I mean, they pretty much own the division. But, I mean, the Jets have always given them a, a good run for their money in terms of the in terms of the games. I mean, it's never been just a, you know, a pushover. And now without Tom Brady, I don't know. I mean, 
even with Tom Brady. I mean, but I can't see them just that defense can just be it's going to wreak havoc. Even though Sheldon Richards can be out for four games, yeah, uh, that's a big loss. Though I mean, as good as their defense is, the Jets adding all these players, Richardson was a uh, one of the holdovers from that team. Yeah, for the last least, couple well, years. I mean, they're not too shallow. I mean, they got they got Leonard Williams and they got Muhammad Wilkerson to beef up that line, even without Sheldon Richardson. So, um, what's up for Buffalo think? though? Rex Ryan is the head coach. Um, I don't know. Sammy Watkins going to his second year. McCoy, you know. Buffalo could be a sleeper this year. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to come down to the quarterback position, all right? I mean, yeah, Gino that's what it is. Geno Smith was ranked dead last in starting quarterbacks. Did you see that? Oh, he's wild. It's not Jay Cutler? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. He was ranked dead last. 32nd. Oh, that's horrible. Even behind Jamie Winston, he hasn't played a game yet. <laughs> you can't. you got to be kidding me. Keno Smith. I saw that list. Uh, they had Cutler. I think Cutler's like 17 on that list or something. Or 18. 17 or 18. Yeah, but still. You're, you're in the middle of the pack. I mean, to be ranked dead last. And it's not like it's your, it's not like you're, you know, at, at Second year play. I mean, this is his, like one on his fourth year now. Third, yeah, third. I can believe third season. Yep, the third season. Yeah, okay. Yeah, his you know so, his rookie year, rookie year he started off pretty good, and then he since the end I would say since midway through his rookie season to now it's just just downhill. Yeah, it's been a poor showing. <clears throat> but but they knew that when they were getting them, they knew. I mean, the, the offense West Virginia ran – the offense he ran in college at West Virginia, it's not a, it was a college-type offense. It wasn't made – it wasn't an NFL-ready offense. And they knew he was a risk when they drafted him. So that's the chance they took, and it's kind of backfired right now. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with E.J. Manuel. I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't I, – I think the whole hype about Geno Smith being the starter is, is all hype right now. I mean, I know they're going into training camp saying Geno Smith is our guy, no no questions asked, but I think that's that's almost – it's almost a cover-up. It's Patrick you know I mean? the quarterback opening day. I mean, I, I, it looks like a cover-up. It's like they don't want any any kind of controversy. To stir right. up the team, you know what I mean. What about don't be the Buffalo? I was reading Matt Castle might not even make the team. You're the ex-Viking. I'd be shocked. I'd seriously be shocked because that's Matt. I mean, he's I not he's an elite quarterback, but I can't imagine. I mean, he's competent and he's smart enough to run an offense. I mean, he won games for us too. You know, I heard he's been very poor though so far in minicamp and stuff. They said he was been missing throws and just not playing good. He's actually behind DJ Manuel right now on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> but it's the quarterbacks that are going to kill those teams. What's up for Miami though? Anything. You know, Ryan Tannehill. You know, 
A lot of people say Miami could win that division this year. They could defend the Patriots. I feel like they have all the pieces there in Miami. I mean, really, you know, picking up two. They have all the offensive weapons. Brian Tannehill broke out last season. They picked up Jordan Cameron, the tight end from Cleveland. I mean, he he was always underutilized, I feel like, in Cleveland in that Brown system, except when North Turner was the offensive coordinator there. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they got they got whiteouts there. I mean, you got Kenny Stills, you got Travis Landry, you got the rookie there, what's his name, Devontae Parker. Yep, I like him. You know, I mean, Lamar Miller's still there. I mean, they got all the offensive pieces. It's, I think it'll be either make or break for Tannehill in terms of, I mean, I know he just signed a huge contract, but if he shows any regression, that'll be, well, that'll be a huge step back in terms of what he did yeah. last year. And then on defense, I mean, you just basically added arguably the best defensive lineman in the NFL. I mean, Sue is so good teams game plan how to stop him. I mean, he's a focal point. Right. And I'm telling you, Miami could be a dangerous team. They could, especially with New England losing Brady for four games, which I, I honestly don't think see that suspension ever being upheld. I mean, being ever changed. I don't, I don't think he'll appeal it. I think when it's all said and done, he's going to serve these four games. And this should be, for the rest of the AFC East, a time for these other three teams to basically take charge and grab a hold of the division because now's your chance. I mean, you got you New England think, down right now. You would think that that's going to happen. They um, can't screw this up. One of these teams have to step up. You can't you can't let New England have any life after these four games. I mean, you got to basically – one of these teams has to get a 3-1 start or or no, a 3-1 start and, you know, grab a 2-3 game lead on the Patriots because if you don't, if all these other three teams start off like 2-2, two and two, or something like that, and you give New England life, it's over, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially once, if once, I mean, like, if he gets, he gets out of that first four game suspension, I mean, when he comes back, can't imagine the vengeance Ooh. that he's going to be playing with. You know? I'm thinking that too. <laughs> right? Yep. Like, I mean, think about last year when everybody was ready to write off the Patriots after, what, week five? It was right? that game and they, they just got blown out on, against Kansas City on Monday Night Football. Remember that game where they just got totally yeah. pummeled with like 42 to 10? And everybody was yeah. saying that, yeah. including myself. Said this it was, was the, end, it of was the end, of, end of the Brady era. Yep. Yeah. And then they go right. win nine in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows? But were they deflating uh, balls all year? That's what I want. Yep. That's what I'm saying, right? That's the yep. question. Were they deflating the balls all season? They could have been. They could have been. You never know. But, I mean, you think about it. Do you think it was just that one game? I mean, I don't know. Well, when you put it in perspective, it's like, I can't imagine it was just for one game. Yeah. If no you way. were to put it in that perspective. Like, it was just it just happened to be late in the season when they actually got caught or supposedly got caught. Well, then they, the, the first game against the Colts on Sunday Night Football, 
weren't the coach, they were kind of a little leery about the, the balls. Where they they were. They, they were. were. They that was like back in November. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even even when Brady comes back, you know, that first week he comes back after the four games, it's going to be against the Colts, and that's no, you know, that's going to be a tough, tough game for them to come through. You're right. This first, first game back. Against Indy. Wow. I mean, Andrew Luck ain't game. no joke. Imagine, you know, that's a, that's a Sunday night game, and it's at Indy, right? Yeah. Imagine the the TV ratings for that game. What they're going to be? Not I mean, only that, be... you know, you know, the Colts are going to be looking for vengeance in that game too. Oh, and imagine I mean, Brady. This first time he steps in the huddle, the, the booze at Lucas Oil. <laughs> the booze are going to the booze are going to be raining oh, on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. It's going to be. It, it'll be. It'll be. Yeah, it'll be one of the highest ratings for the for the NFL probably for this. Oh yeah. In the season. And I'm not a fan of either yeah. team, but I will definitely be watching every down of that game. And I'm I'm not a fan of neither team, but I'll definitely, I mean, everybody's going to be tuning into that game if you're a football fan. I don't know how you wouldn't. (laughs) The game's going to be ridiculously. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's it's always fun to watch Andrew Luck now. You know? Oh, yeah. Guy's Guy's just taken into his own elite status and... You know, he just he just does fun things to watch. Yep, he's lived up to the number one pick billing. I mean, but one guy that hasn't is did you see today a story that broke that Jay Gruden was so disgusted with RG three in in the preseason last year he was just basically telling him like he didn't even want him on the roster pretty much. Did you hear that? See that story that broke today? Say that again. There was a story that broke today that Jay Gruden came out and said. Uh, it wasn't Jay Gruden. Somebody from the Washington Post, I believe, came out and said that Jay Gruden was so disgusted with RG3 last year in the preseason, he basically didn't want him on the team before the season even started. Well, I could see that happening. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know what – I mean, we, we've talked about Gruden, which is just ridiculous to me. You know, the guy's – you have such a bad relationship. I mean, in terms of you publicly criticizing him on national TV in terms of how he played or how poorly he played. You don't do that. You know? And then on top of that, then you what? Then you want to you wanna exercise his fifth-year option, you know, after the season? Like, that's just... Those guys are not going to make it through 16 games together. No way. Well, it's stupid. It makes no sense. If you if you really didn't want him to be your starting quarterback, why would you even exercise that fifth year option? Because you have no choice. Like, you know, if if you're the coach, you make that decision. Like, you're either the starting quarterback or you're not. Right. Right. I mean, look at what Chip Kelly's doing. I mean, he's just running guys off his team to create his own team. Right. Same concept. Yeah. Like, he's been taking all the heat for getting rid of, you know, Pro Bowl players, but he's still making it work. I just don't think – I think Jay Gruden's another one of those type of coaches that's a that's a great assistant coach, 
offensive coordinator, but not a good head coach. Yeah, I, you know, I he's never. more meant to be a coordinator. You know, kind of like a North Turner, or yeah, you know, I never thought he should have been a yeah. I never thought he should have been a head coach. I mean, no, after I mean, that no. first year, after that first year, when it was just a mess. And you just like you said, you don't when you're a head coach of a football team, especially in the in the National Football League, you don't rip your players to the media. That's this. That's players don't. You know, when you're a player, you're not supposed to rip your teammates to the media. So when you're a coach, you're even a higher superior. You you don't go telling the media, you know, things to degrade your players. You, you just don't. You don't do that. Yeah, picking apart his play. Right. I mean, literally dissecting how bad he was. Yeah. yeah. And. And I, I honestly but, thought he was going to get fired after one year, but if they have another bad season, he's definitely gone. And, and I, I don't see the Redskins winning over five games got, this year. It should both be gone. Gruden or RJ three is just, I don't know. I, I hope he plays well this year, because as much as that he's created a lot of a lot of the media and issues on his own. I mean, you know. You kind of root for the guy. You just want him to play better, you know. You don't want him to just be washed up and, and have some regretful life aspect in terms of how his football career was. You know what I mean? I want to see him to, uh, succeed. Uh, I mean, he's he's a he's not a bad guy. You know, he's a good player, and you know, it's not like he's a troublemaker and stuff. Some of the stuff I questioned, like having his dad get involved. Remember that a couple of years ago? His yeah. dad was outside the locker room, and, and that stuff, yeah. that kind of stuff, was kind of weird. And him, I guess, him getting on a Twitter wall with fans last year. I mean, that stuff. But that's kind of more immaturity, you know, young quarterback. But he's never been in trouble with the law or anything, you know. He's, I don't think he's a showboat type player. He's not cocky, so you kind of want to see the kid uh, succeed. But I don't know. I just don't think it can work with him and Jay Gruden. I just don't think number one, they don't like each other, which. And it got so it was so bad off the bat. I just don't think it can be, you know, there could be a reconciliation. I I really don't see it. You know. I hear it. I hear it. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Uh, now we were just talking about the Jets, but Sheldon Richardson. Not only does he have the four game suspension, but he just got arrested again for resisting arrest. Uh, I'm sure you saw this news. Yep. As well as endangering a child in the car, in the vehicle, um, which is that's just silly. I don't even understand what he's doing. These guys don't, don't use their it. heads. These guys don't use their heads. I don't understand that they they don't realize how blessed they are to be professional players making millions of dollars, you know, and and they blow it. A lot of these guys multiple arrests and all that and it's just it's ridiculous. They don't they don't realize how great they have it, you know, and they just crap it down the toilet. It's just it's really it's sad some of these guys, you know. Yeah, I mean and the thing is he just, you know, off that whole four game P D suspension, I mean, you know, it came out in a lot you know, it came out to his teammates and the organization saying, Okay, you know, I made a mistake. This is the last time you'll ever see me or hear my name in the news. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, a month later, it's like, hey, <laughs> get arrested. 
or trying to resist arrest, trying to run away from the cops. And the guy was, was clocked at doing like 130 miles with a child in his back seat. That's I mean, crazy. That's, that's a, wrong. That's absurd to me. Yeah. That's absurd. Like, you can endanger your own life, but to endanger the child's life, now that's, you know, that's pushing it. I mean, it reminds 100, me. 130 with a kid in the car. Man. And how old was the kid? Uh, 11, I think. 11, 12, maybe. And then yeah, driving yeah. like that with a kid in the car. I mean, that's... Well, I mean, whether it's, it's 5 years old or 10 years old, I mean, yeah. it really doesn't matter. I mean, at that moment, you know, one bad accident, and it's, it's not a good outcome, technically, when you're going that fast. At 130 miles an hour, I mean, that's... That's pretty dang fast to be on the road, you know. And he's driving. I mean, he's trying to evade the cops, so he's driving without the headlights on. So he turns off his lights, right? So you turn off your lights. You're driving 130 miles in the dark, uh, and, and then you have a, a 11-year-old child in the back seat. That's stupidity. That is fast. You know. That's. It's like Ray McDonald for the Bears. They give the guy a chance. This is his last chance in the league. He goes and gets arrested. He punches his, what, girlfriend in the face while he's while she's holding this kid. And then the idiot tries to go back the next day and gets arrested again. Right. It's like... Well, it's... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he'll... You know, he could end up getting... I don't know. Could, could he, is it possible that he gets more games added on for this? I mean, even though it's not part of anything in terms of performance enhancement or anything, but but in terms of just conduct, personal conduct, you know, you you add it on. I don't know. Because losing four games, I mean, four games is already bad enough, but, and you start pushing to five, six games, that's, you know, you're getting close to half a season. Yeah, it's not like baseball where you get, five, ten-game suspension, big deal, 162 right. games football. You get five to ten games in a 16-game schedule. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's no room for error. No, no room for error in terms of this stuff. So. But we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. Other news in uh, the NFL. Um Congratulations to Eric Berry. Uh, he got cleared to practice. Uh, if you remember last year, he got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, apparently, he's been battling that, and he got cleared. So he's back on the practice field now, uh, back in training camp now. Um, wish him all the best. I mean, Definitely. Great football player. I, the kid played for Tennessee player. in college. I get to see a lot of him watching a lot of SEC football here in Florida. And when he played for Tennessee, boy, he was a he was a heck of a player to watch. I mean, I'm not a Tennessee fan, but watching him play against, you know, Florida and all that, hard-hitting safety, uh, I'm definitely glad to see him on the recovery path and that he's going to play. I mean, it's really, really, you know, inspirational story. We, we read so much in the NFL about guys getting arrested, guys beating on women, you know, and, and stories like this. For once, right, all the all the, it, all know, the bad things happen to the standout players. Mm-hmm. Right, 
it's always it's always the opposite. Yeah, so good for Eric Berry, and I I really hope he can be the same player that he once was. I mean, I know it's going to be hard to be on that level, especially what he had to be, but right. But he was. I mean, he was a standout player before. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, talking about a first round pick. Excellent football player. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that'll beef up the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they just they re signed Justin Houston uh, as well. Um, I don't know. Don't count out the Chiefs, you know. I like the Chiefs. I've always been a big Andy Reid. Yeah, and I've always liked Andy Reid. You know, I thought he got a a bad deal in Philly, the way they fired him after what he did for that team. And I just thought he got a raw deal. And then he went to Kansas City and takes him to the playoffs his first year. And last year, they were competitive. Uh, I want to see them succeed. I I still think it's going to be Denver taking that division next year. But those people on the Chiefs and the Chargers, though, you know, they're – and even the even the Raiders have put the pieces in place. I mean, I know the Raiders have been bad so for so damn long. They haven't been made the playoffs in 13 years, but you never know. In the NFL, anything can happen. Yeah, they're, they're, the Raiders are they're they're a dark horse team this year. You know, I like Jack Del Rio. I think Del Rio was a good hire for the Raiders. He's a hard nosed guy, played the game, uh, kind of a blue collar type guy, linebacker. And uh, played for your Vikings, right? Jack Del Rio, didn't he, for a short time? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's a, he was a good guy. He was the, the right guy to hire for that team. They need that team. They needed something installed in that team that, you know, basically add some fire to the team because they, they look dead. But, you know, it's funny last year with the Raiders, as bad as they played last year, which they were pretty bad, there was a lot of games where they were competitive, too. Where I mean, I remember the game where they went into Foxborough against the Patriots and they only lost by like like five or like six points, you know? Yeah, I mean they started to come around in the in the second half of the season. I mean I don't know why I think the whole coaching staff was just terrible in terms of what they did. I mean they had a lot of talent technically on paper in terms of what they could have seen, but like why would you they got, they got Cooper now though. That was a big draft pick. I like him. Amari Cooper. Jerry Rice came out saying that he could be could be the next Tim Brown for the Raiders. See that? Yeah, the kid's gonna be kid's gonna be good. I, I wanted the Bears to get him, but I'm satisfied we got Kevin White. But we'll see, time will tell who will be the better of those two as our careers get underway, you know. Kevin Kevin White though, speaking of Kevin White, I know he's starting training camp on the P U P list. Right. Yeah, I could have played that off. He's dealing with uh, what was it, some kind of shin splints or something like that. Well, yeah, I guess he got he got hurt during the mini camps. Um, and it's funny the story never really there was never mention of him being injured at all during during these you know mini camps and OTAs and and I guess he they placed him on the PUP list. But I think they, this is precautionary reasons. Ryan Pace came out the GM and said. Nothing to be too concerned about, but it just makes me like shake my head already. First day at camp, and this is happening, you know, <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> well, I also saw reports of John Fox saying that he's not, 
has no hesitation to sit a rookie white out. Oh yeah. John Fox is uh is is installing the toughness back in his team. Uh, yeah, but there's year. no way he there's no way he's gonna sit Kevin White as he no. I mean after he drafted him. I mean he he personally drafted him. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. The, the starting wide receivers for the Bears is gonna be Kevin White and now Sean Jeffrey. Um Eddie Royal was a decent pickup. But he's more of a number three. Then they got Marquise Wilson, who has to really turn it around. He had high expectations last year. He missed, got injured in training camp, didn't play till week eight or nine, never really did much. I think his yards after catch were like, was like eight yards. So I'd say he's gonna, that's going to get better for him to make the team. But Kevin White did not get drafted, what, seven for eight, seventh pick in the draft to be a, to be a third wide receiver. He's definitely, he'll definitely be starting. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you would think so, but hopefully. Hopefully. But I like what John Fox is doing. Uh, he's basically saying no jobs are given this year. I mean, you got to work for your job, and that's the way it should be. Because last year with the Chicago Bears, it's, I saw it. I mean, I follow them on a daily basis, and basically that team quit on Tressman. You know, the the team was basically walking all over them. They did what they wanted, and now they got a coach that's basically a fiery leader that's going to, you know, bench players when he has to. If he doesn't like what he sees, he doesn't care who you are. You'll be on the you'll be sitting on the pine. So I'm glad. I, I like John Fox. I really do. And I think he's a respected leader, and I think the players are going to definitely, you know, play it on, leave it on the field for him. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Not gonna matter though. AT runs for twenty five hundred yards. We're going straight to the Super Bowl, man. That whole division's gonna be yeah. good. That NFC North. It really is between, you know, the Vikings and then Green Bay, as we know, is gonna be tough. I mean that's that's a given as much as we hate to admit that. Detroit, I don't know. I'm curious to see how the Lions are, you know. They could go the Lions could be anywhere from like six and ten to like eleven and five, you know? That's how yeah. crazy it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They just lack consistency. Yeah, that's always been their issue. The Bears, but, I mean, at this point, if we win eight games, I'll be satisfied. I'm not going to lie. I'm not expecting a lot this season, especially after winning only five games last year. I truly think we'll be better than five games. I'm thinking more along the lines of seven and nine I can see this season being. But, if eight and eight and anything over eight and eight will be to me an accomplishment. So, well, <clears throat> I don't know. It's always a fun division. Yeah, see North, fun division. Um, in the whole process of this, I mean, in terms of Roger Goodell holding up the four games. Uh, Le'Veon Bell got his reduced to two games. Yeah. Um, which just, I'm sure, made Brady even a heck of a lot more upset seeing this happen at the same exact time, right? Uh, but but in terms of what Le'Veon Bell was doing, I mean, it's like sticks and stones compared to, to the whole deflategate scenario, you know? I, mean, I'm I not, think 
I think the commissioner made a – he basically, you know, showed the rest of the league that he made Brady an example. If you cheat in this league, if you, you cheat in ways to try to make your team better or win and try to, right. you know, bend the rules, then you're going to pay pay for it. And I think Brady was just, the, right. you know, the the example. I hate to say that, but I think that's what it is. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He, that's that's also the other issue is because he never had any, any kind of a policy in place for these kind of things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when he took right. over, he never had to deal with all sorts of, you know, domestic violence issues or, or child abuse issues or, I mean, you know, the, the flake aspect. I mean, there wasn't anything set in stone, which is partially his fault, but partially not. You know what I mean? I mean, it goes both ways that, yeah, he could instill something, but he never thought about it in terms of because it never happened before. You know, I think so. with the commissioner, I think he gets a he gets an A minus for the owners because he is making the owners money, but for the fans, he's got he gets a D because I don't think I think as a commissioner for the fans and suspensions and I, I think I think he's he's done a lousy job, but the owners like him because he makes the money. He signed you know the TV contracts and you know. Heck, man, you know what? I give him an A for this whole Tom Brady aspect, though. He didn't back was, down. He didn't no. get scared off, you know. I mean, especially dealing with, with Robert Kraft because they're so close and everything like that. Uh, you know, even with Robert Kraft taking that whole, you know, I mean, million-dollar fine and, and the pick, you know. Man, yeah, I, I was surprised he didn't back down from it. I thought, he, I thought for sure it was going to be reduced, you know, two games at most. I thought for sure it was going to be that. He's, he's close with Bob Kraft, too. So I thought that would yeah. play a factor. But did you see the story that broke though? That I guess the commissioner has a summer home in in Portland, Maine, which is New England territory. And I guess he's gotten some threats from Patriot fans. And now the cops are keeping tabs on his house in Portland, Maine. I was reading tonight. Okay, see that? Yeah, that stuff so. is that kind of stuff is just ridiculous. Oh, that's fans taking I mean, it way too serious. When you just threaten people, yeah. I don't. I could never understand that. You know, when yeah, when players yeah. get threatened. I, I, I don't understand that. Like you, you wanna, you wanna threaten the commissioner of the NFL? Like it's really gonna do anything? Like, like you threatening him is really gonna change his mind about something? You know what I mean? It's like, just stupid. I don't. I could never understand that. I mean, I'm a passionate Bears fan, and I, you know, I get mad. I throw stuff sometimes during games, but when it's all said and done. 15 minutes after the game's over, I'm over it. You know, it's a game. Right. It is it is what it is. I mean, I don't understand. I don't know, though. I mean, you want to talk about getting mad about a specific fan. I mean, talk about that game about your Cubs, you know, in the playoffs. Oh. Right? You know, I mean, they even did an E30 e for 30 story on it, right? You know, like, that's, that's how when that bad happened, that was. I was, when I was, when that first happened, I, I was so mad about it, you know, because the Cubs were literally six outs away from going to the World Series. I mean, we know they haven't won a World Series since 1908, and to be six outs away from going to their first World Series in, what, since the 50s, 40s or 50s, they lost that. But to win, I mean, they haven't won a World Series in freaking over 100 years. And then, the, then this geeky fan has to interfere with the ball. and But then you look at it. <laughs> You know, this guy, he had to be, like, the nerdiest guy, too. You know, he's sitting there with turtleneck, 1984 headphones around his head, 
you know, and, and then you see the e, the um, the thirty for thirty special on ESPN, and the guy was a passionate Cubs fan, and he probably did something that any other fan would do, you know, if the ball's right. coming to you, you're gonna touch it, and right. I just think it was the way Moises Alou, the left fielder, reacted by throwing his glove in the ground and yelling at the fan. I just think it, it that's what got it going. I think. If, if yeah, he but he would have like caught it. Did. It looked like he was going to catch it, though. You think so? I don't know, though. Yeah, it, was it didn't look like he was catching it. But you know I mean, he was right about? there. I mean, his you know, glove was underneath the fan's glove. It was close. But you know what? One play people don't talk about in that game is the shortstop for the Cubs that year was Alex Gonzalez, and he had the best fielding percentage among every shortstop in baseball. And he booted a shorthanded 6-4-3 double play in that game, which would have ended the inning. And no one ever talks about that. Because everyone's caught up with Bartman, but that was yeah. a bad day. That was Still, that was uh, oof. I mean, it looked like <laughs> he was gonna catch it though, and then just just that last second, you just see that extra glove come right on top, and it was done. You're just like, oh man. Well, being a Cubs fan, you always think for the worst, and I'll never forget going into that inning. You know how they always have um athletes or celebrities sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" at Wrigley Field. And that night, they had Bernie Mac um, sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. He's a, he was a big Cubs fan. Um, and he, he, who passed away, I mean, passed away, a great comedian. And he said, instead of saying at the end of the song, root, root, root for the Cubbies, he said, root, root, root for the champs. And I, when he said that, I'll never forget, I'm like, what did he just do? You know? You just, you don't do that. You jinx the team. And sure enough, we lost. <laughs> yeah, Bernie Mac was pretty funny, though. Oh, great man! You just don't say that though. You don't. You don't say unless it's etched in stone. Especially, he should know better. Being a Cubs fan, I mean, hundred over a hundred years we haven't won, and you're gonna say, you know, we're champs when it hasn't happened yet. Right. That's <laughs> just and it backfired. All right, well, moving on. Uh, <clears throat> well, Jen Welter just got hired as the first female coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I mean, another another barrier that's been broken now in the NFL, and, and you got a you got a woman coach. I mean, she's not a head coach. I think she's like a, a linebacker coach. I think, right? Yeah, I believe so. Right, she's a linebacker coach. Um, I mean, she played arena football. <clears throat> Um, well, I guess what's your opinion about her in terms of good, bad? I mean, well, you know what's going to happen. Step, matter. You know, it's, I mean, it's another stepping stone. I get that. But well, when, when when the Spurs hired Harmon in in basketball to be an assistant coach last year, what Becky Harmon or whatever her name was, um, you know, was going to other sports were going to follow and. And I saw that the other day, and I couldn't believe it because I've had Jen Welter on my on my old show a couple times, and I'm, I'm friends with her on Facebook. I've talked to her in the past, and and I never would have guessed that she'd be the first female coach in in the NFL. And it's you know, congratulations. You know, it's it's a stepping stone. You know, we've seen now uh, women being officials in the NBA. Uh, this is what going to be a woman that's going to be in the NFL yeah. referee this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and now we're seeing more women reporters, sideline reporters and stuff over the years. So, yeah, 
Well, it's like all women now, you know, in terms of sideline reporting. I mean, it's like, don't want to be sexist about it, but it's not like it's just prettier to look at, you know, at the same time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be sexist in, in any way here, but... If you're talking about watching the games and then you just see the sideline reporting, you know, all the little, um, you know, just quick commercial aspects when they come in, ask a question, you know, or, or during halftime, it's, just, it's better to look at, right, in terms of in terms of how many guys are such a, are, are watching the game compared to the right. women. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not trying to be sexist, you know. No, it, I know exactly what anyway, you're Anyway, right, like. It's just, it's just the eye appeal there. Right. It's it's not being you know, sexist. They do, as we know, they hire prettier women to cover sports, and that's not just in sports. That's CNN, Fox News. It's like right. It's it's everywhere that's doing that. You know, not just sports. Right. And it's it's and 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 I'm I'm completely for Jenna Walter. Okay, I have nothing against her in terms of. Of, of what she can do for, for being a coach. I mean, I'm glad she broke the barrier. She's the first woman coach in the NFL. I have all the praise and respect for her. One thing I will say is I wish she wouldn't cry. Oh, did she? On national TV. Yeah, yeah. She cried it looked like she was it. crying. I mean, I, I understand how happy she is, right? Like she, she. I'm sure you know it's, it's the emotional aspect that. But in terms of, again, not trying to be sexist here, but having the woman cry because she got a job is, it's just. It deters that aspect. Like, it shows to the other guys, like, oh, my God, you know, look at this woman coach. Now she's just crying and then being a ball bag on TV. Like, it shows, it seems, I don't know, I'm not, that's just my personal opinion. Like, if she were to just be on the stand and in front of the media say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm extremely happy about this opportunity, blah, 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 like, I wish she wouldn't get overly emotional. I mean, I know it's it's hard to say that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a very fine line of what I'm trying to say in terms of not being an right. ass, right? But so you you didn't like when guy, she, when Terrell always cried. It's then. like <laughs> it's like we all you know we always say oh my god you know when they're so emotional that's why they can't be in the men's games or whatever blah 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 right like women shouldn't be allowed in this and this and this. But it is it goes to that perspective like like you wanna be a coach, like you don't see male coaches really crying in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like they don't show emotional tears when oh, I got a head job. I'm gonna cry about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a very fine line that I want to say. I'm not trying to be, you know, a complete ass or anything like that. I just, that's just, it's just, it's just a perspective that you get when you watch, when you watch well, I guess, cry. That's why I said you didn't like Dick Vermeil too much. <laughs> that's why he always cried. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
one aspect, but I feel like that it should. And 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 I've talked to 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 people about this actually when she got hired. This was on the news a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, and they said the same thing. They're like, you know, women talk to the women people and their opinions. I mean, they thought the same thing. Like, yeah, I wish she wouldn't cry though, because then it shows like like she actually she belongs there without a specific cause. You know what I mean? Like, there's no gender race in it. Like, but she, this isn't a permanent job, too, though, right? This is just an internship. So. Right, right. And it's, so we don't it's know just going to happen after that. Yeah. Right. But it's, you know, I, I mean, let's say women have the same opinion that I thought that I've talked to as, you know, step up like a man, like you deserve this job because you know what you're doing and you got it fair and square, not like it's, oh my God, I can't believe I got the job. I need to cry about it. Like, I, I understand it's an emotional aspect because I'm sure she's extremely happy about it, but you know what I mean? There's just that little fine line there. I don't know. I don't know. I might get some hate mail for it, but that's just kind of my opinion on that one. But great for mm-hmm. her. I, I have all the respect for her for it. I mean, no, oh, definitely. It was definitely a, a big day in the NFL. Big week. There's been so many weeks lately where it's just slow and not a lot of breaking stories. But this week between, you know, Jen Welter and Tom Brady and a lot going on this week. Yeah. Yeah. A lot going on. A lot went on this week. Um, a lot more coming up next week, I'm sure, as, as we get well into into. A deeper training camp aspect, uh, and then you got the Hall of Fame game coming up in uh, less than two weeks here. So yeah, uh, ten days. Getting, getting, getting ready, getting ready for the NFL season here. Preseason coming up. Yes, finally is right. Uh, and then you got all the fantasy football as well going on, which I'm particularly excited for. Uh, but yeah. A lot of things are going to be happening in the next few weeks. So, yeah. Uh, that'll come to an end for our show. Just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Remember, you're listening to the Gridiron Talk. I'm actually live from National Gridiron. Oh, sorry, from NGSC Sports. Uh, check us out on the website at ngscsports.com. What's our Facebook page and Twitter handle? I'm your co-host Simon, DJ. Nice words for the night, man. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, next what? Next show will be two more weeks, so we'll join in. We'll, we're going to try to get a surprise guest on in a couple of weeks. So tune in. Yes. yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. What I yeah. said didn't alter that. <laughs> oh, but we'll see. Uh, let me work my magic. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.